How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. We are part of the Across the Board Sports Podcast family. I'd like to give a big shout out to our listeners. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Busy. Thanksgiving week and got a lot of prep. When you do the Thanksgiving meal, a lot of work. So so busy, uh, excited, happy we're coming off a win and and ready to get back to Washington. We 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 owe Washington a little something. So I'm 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 pumped up for this game. Yes, sir. I, c- I couldn't agree more with you. Oh, Mike, before we get into our conversation, though, remind everybody where we can find you out on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys. Nice. And guys, easy. again, I am Paul Ryan, and you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, Mike, you kind of touched on it a little bit. You know, this Thursday, we have a bit of a revenge game, if you will. You know, we have a, uh, a division foe up next there on, uh, on Thanksgiving. Of course, I'm talking about the Washington football team. I'm curious, Mike, we, we talked a lot about that uh, defense in the offseason, you know, that that defensive line. But, you know, when you look when you look at the Washington defense, you know, how can Dallas's offense exploit them? Uh, you, you have to win your upfront battles, you know, more than than you lose them. It's It's hard to win a lot because you're facing a really good front, but you need to win enough to make a difference, you know, uh. Right now, uh, Zeke is uh, fifth in attempts, so he's getting his carries. He's 36th in yards amongst running backs. So, you know, we're doing the get the ball to Zeke style. You know, we've been doing it this year. Um, He's getting the ball, but we just haven't been able to open up lanes up front. And um, it it has a lot to do with our offensive line being injured. You know, it it, it stinks because – Zeke's got a slight decline. I mean, I think even the biggest Zeke fans would say, you know, he's not what he was in 2016, 2017, 2018, you know. And uh, and then you you add on to that that the offensive line is on such a big decline um, because of all the injuries. And then you add that the quarterback isn't giving you a lot of threat in the passing game because we lost Dak. And it, it just kind of exacerbates and, and – the, the key to this game for me is you got to get the, the offense to third and short. So quick throws early, lots of play action, uh, run successfully. Uh, this team's uh, specialty is pass rush. They're number one uh, defense in the league versus the pass, and it's not because they're great in coverage. They're, they're okay in coverage. Their pass rush brings mm-hmm. heat everywhere. So – yeah, if you get to third and long, you're going to be hurting, especially with a quarterback that's not very mobile. So uh, get to the short, you know, third downs. Try to get some uh, third down uh, completions and get long drives going to kind of wear the pass rush down. I think another key is on the flip side, they need to get the, the offense off the field. I think that's going to be a key to helping the defense. It, their offense bottom five in the league. So, you know, you win the time of possession, keep their defensive line on the field, limit the pass rush, and then maybe you can wear them down with the run later on. Um, winning the turnover battle and doing good in the red zone is your basic, typical chalk things you have to do 
against any team to win. But I think specifically against this team, we really need to get to third and short and pick up first downs and uh, and keep the ball and wear the uh, the the defensive line down. And then uh, and then you can get them with the run because they're only like 17th against the run, I believe. I know they're middle of the pack, 15, 16, 17. So that's going to be the yeah, Mike. You you uh, you stole my thoughts right 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 from me. You know, oddly enough, Washington's biggest weakness is their run to defense. That, that's not something you would have thought of when the when the season started, especially after the addition of Chase Young. But they, like you said, they rank 17th in yards allowed, and they've given up nine rushing TDs on the year. On a short weekend at home, I, I think Dallas could exploit their run defense pretty easily if our offensive line and Zeke play the way that they did against Minnesota. Yeah, 100%. This, you know, Minnesota, it's your first time like playing that lineup. So it's going to be tough anyway, but they don't have the front, you know, Hunter's out on IR. You know, uh, they don't have Linville Joseph anymore. Um, the guy they brought over from uh, Baltimore, uh, Pierce, opted out. Like they just don't have the dogs up front that Washington has. So, our team played much better on the offensive line with McGovern at right guard and Zach Martin out at right tackle. But here comes a different animal. And if you hold up and you can and you can get some good runs and and uh, you know you don't need Zeke to run for five and Pollard to run for twelve yards of carry. You know I don't expect that. But you need to win some battles. You you cannot get to third and six and long all the time and let Andy Dalton be sitting back there. Uh, against this pass rush because the pass rush can come in all four spots. So it, it's going to be rough if you get to that point. So win early, get to third down and short, or pick up first downs on second, even better, and don't even get to third down and uh, and attack them that way and wear this line. Hey, you know, Mike, when we look at Dallas' secondary, I know we're dealing with some, some injuries there, and that's not really the strength of our defense. But when you look at those things, should we still – Try to make Alex Smith beat us and focus on stopping Antonio Gibson. Oh, absolutely. Every team we play, we're horrendous against the run. Horrible. Um, and, and that was the thing going in. And our pass defense, our, our corners are so injured and so beat up, we can't cover anybody. So we, we got to get it to where you don't allow both. And I don't see a way to improve the the pass defense if you're throwing Rashard Robinson out there and he's going to have to play some one-on-ones. So the key is going to be stop the run. That That is the key for this because no matter what you do, third and longs they could give up because our secondary stinks. So you can't let them do both. You can't let them get to short yardage and get you first downs on the run and and, and get to third and under five. The key to this defense is the pass rush. So stop the run early, get them to third and five or six, let our pass rush hunt, and then hope that we can get to Alex Smith because he's not mobile like he was a couple of years ago. He's not moving out of the pocket. So if you can get to him, it'll cause problems. We, we faced Gibson last time. His highest rush total was 55 yards in a game, and we gave up over 70 to him in the first quarter. That's a loss. If if you if you're doing that with our secondary, game over. You're going to get run over. The team's going to get worn down. The way you want to beat them, that's how they're going to beat you. So, they ran for over 200 yards last matchup. They ran for more than they threw. Um, I, I just think if you if you stop the run uh, and leave it in Alex Smith's hands, 
he can't do the same things running and passing that he was doing a couple of years ago since his injury. Uh, he can still hurt you. He's still a very competent quarterback. But the more you put him in third, six, and seven, the more he's going to struggle and the more the offense is going to struggle. And obviously that's what we you know, I couldn't agree more with you, Mike. And you look at the receivers for Washington, of course, Terry McLaurin, he's a, a young up and coming wide receiver. He, he's showing that he can be a, a, a true alpha wide receiver, even on a, a, a bad team. But then outside of Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas, there there's not really a wide receiver too, or another real option that, that the defense needs to game plan for. I know that uh, we've seen uh, Steven Sims last, Year he had a strong finish to his season. Then we saw a, a wide receiver by the name of Cam Sims, who two weeks ago he uh, out of nowhere had a hundred yard game. He kind of showed some explosiveness. I believe he had two receptions for over a hundred yards. And you know those are the kind of players that if we if we sleep on, you know we we don't uh, account for. Of course, we we've seen Dallas get burned by by those types of things. But overall, I feel like if we can stop Antonio Gibson and keep them in third and long situations, like you mentioned. Uh, we could make uh, things really tough for for Alex Smith, and as good as Terry McLaurin is, I do think that he can be he can be stopped. I mean, we we you know we we were surprised, we were worried about Dalvin Cook last week, wondering if he's going to go off for two hundred yards and and three TDs, and we were able to uh, to stop his his uh, big run of uh, big games. You know, I know he still had over a hundred yards, but we were able to utilize him and not let him take over the game and. I feel like if we can do that with Antonio Gibson and you know uh, JD McKissick is maybe a guy we should always we should also worry about as well. But overall, I don't think that this offense is anything to be scared of. I know Alex Smith is a veteran quarterback, but if uh, we can keep them again, like in third and long situations, and win the win the uh, game at the line of scrimmage, like you mentioned earlier as well, I think that's going to be the uh, recipe for success. Agreed, man. That that their passing game didn't do much last time. If you take that one play away where we had a blown coverage against uh, Terry McLaurin, he went right in the back. Diggs was looking yeah. in the uh, the backfield. Yeah, he had six catches on ten targets mm-hmm. for thirty eight yards. But then they had exactly fifty two yard bomb. You know, the guy who really beat us up was uh, the tight end at four for sixty and a touchdown. So he's averaging fifteen yards a catch. But we didn't have LVE at that time. And, uh, you know, Jalen was our main linebacker. And, and you know, I don't want to pile on after a win, but he was really bad the last game, too. He, he gave up three for three on his targets, and he missed four tackles. Like, he's just not playing good football right now. But the hope is <clears throat> with LVE there, you know, he can kind of, you know, close some of that up where the tight end doesn't kill us. And uh, if you can hold Terry McLaurin without the big play, you've done, you've done pretty well for yourself. You know, the six for 38, you're going to deal with, you know, he's a top uh, wide receiver, young wide receiver in this league. So you'll live with that, but 200 yards rushing is crazy. Like you got to hold them around. You got to cut that in half. Like as a total, they got to be around the 104, 105 mark tops. And if you do that, yeah, you mentioned Logan Thomas and you also missing Jalen Smith. Oddly enough, Jalen Smith, he missed the tackle on Logan Thomas that led to a big touchdown as well in our first matchup. So we're, you know, we're two blown plays or, you know, one missed tackle and one, one rookie mistake away from, you know, maybe we're talking about that, that game being a little bit closer than, than it was and the score, the scoreboard indicated. Yeah, they, 
it wouldn't have been a 25 to three. Our, our offense was a nightmare that game. They didn't have Zach Martin at all. Like the inside guys played great, but Cam was, it was Cam Irving's first game back, I believe. And, uh, and, um, Terrence Steele just could not hang out there. It was, and, and no Martin, you know, the inside guys did what they could on pressures, but they couldn't move anybody in the run game. So, you know, it, it was just bad all around. And I'm, I'm hoping Zach Martin and uh, Cam Irvin being ready this time and and that they can uh, they could have a, a better game and affect the game a lot. I'd better. agree. You know, we're, we're talking about Terry McLaurin there. And I'm going to put you on the spot here, Mike. I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say. Uh, of course, I don't want to assume. But when you look at Terry McLaurin and C.D. Lamb, who do you think is the better wide receiver? Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot <laughs> okay. on my on the spot. What do you think? I think you're going to say, I think, honestly, I think you're going to say CD, but because you asked me, I feel like you're going to surprise me and say Terry McLaurin. I am going to say Terry McLaurin, and I'm going to explain why. CD Lamb is the better prospect. CD Lamb will be the better receiver. There's not even a doubt in my mind. Right now, no, no. Scary, scary Terry's a better receiver. That that man went last year in 14 games. 58 receptions, 919 yards, seven touchdowns. They're not a there wasn't an option around him. Like his other, the only other guy that had to be guarded was like I, I don't even know who what Adrian Last was. Last year Adrian, Adrian Peterson, Peterson there? was there. Was he there running like yeah, they had like nobody and uh and Dwayne Haskins is not, you know, obviously has shown he's not a great quarterback and McLaurin went out there, and if, if you go back to Denver, you know, Sutton had a great start to the year, and then people started to realize, like, well, let's just take Sutton away. What do they have? You know, there's stuff going on. So so they started to do that, and Sutton started to slide. People tried to do that with Terry McLaurin. He was like, ha, no. So, uh, you know, when people did the uh, – there was a lot of people that did the uh, breakdown of division-wide receivers. I had it Amari Cooper won. Terry McLaurin two, and then Gallup and Lamb would be after that because Giants and and Philly don't really didn't really have a you know option. Even if you put Deshaun Jackson in there, you know he he's old, what has he done? I mean he's always been injured the last few years. It's not one that I'm going to prop up. So right now this year, neither guy has a very good quarterback. Terry McLaurin sixty two receptions, eight hundred seventy one yards, three touchdowns. Lamb's at forty eight. 629 and four. Um, so Lamb's gonna be better. Don't get me wrong. It's no disrespect to Terry McLaurin. He just isn't CD Lamb's the type of prospect that could turn mm-hmm. into DeAndre Hopkins. Like he's special. Terry McLaurin's one of those mm-hmm. where he could be an Amari Cooper. And that is not a knock. He could be a a he is a clear-cut number one receiver. And then CD Lamb's like the clear-cut stud receiver. Like, nobody right now is looking and going, Mm-mm. CeeDee Lamb's better than Amari right. Cooper. Amari Cooper's our best receiver. But we also understand that CeeDee Lamb is going to be, he's going to be a better uh, receiver than Amari Cooper. If he's healthy and plays in this system with Dak, he, he's just going to be. It just is what it is. You, you have eyes. You can see it. So, right now, Terry McLaurin, 
in two seasons, probably CD is like you're looking like, damn, clearly he's better. You know, well, you know, Mike, we're, we're agreeing already too much, and it's been a while since we've agreed this much. But like you, as much as I love CD, and he's been great this year, don't get me wrong, but he hasn't shown me that he's better than Terry McLaurin. Uh, this is McLaurin's second year in the league with his fourth different quarter fourth different quarterback, excuse me, and brand new coaching staff, and he's been better than he was last year. Uh, McLaurin has already shown us, you know, in back-to-back years that he is his team's wide receiver one. Again, I'm not saying that CD can't be a wide receiver one. You know, you, you touched on it. I think probably this time next year we'll be talking about how how CD is, our, is the wide receiver one there in Dallas. But uh, until he is the wide receiver one for Dallas, I have to give the nod to Terry McLaurin. I agree. And it to, just to bring up something to CeeDee Lamb, it took McLaurin two years to get four quarterbacks because Lamb had Dak, Andy, Danucci, and Garrett Gilbert yeah. all in his first rookie season. Dude. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? What a wild 2020 season this has been. But, but yeah, it, it's not a shot at either guy. Like, to say you can look at Terry McLaurin and tell he's a, a number one wide receiver, like a no doubt number one wide receiver. And you can look at CeeDee Lamb and go, he's about to be a stud number one wide receiver. And that's there's a tier difference. There's there's number one wide receivers. There's Amari Cooper level. Badasses, number one, you're happy to have them. And then there's guys that are like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. you know, this guy's coming. And 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 CeeDee Lamb's one of those. He's, he's just – He's he's ridiculous. Like you could already see it. He's a ridiculous player, and and it's gonna be fun. We got him for five years. I don't know. How God, let's that. not even get. Let's not. Let's got. Oh. Let's not get started on that conversation again. That uh, that draft day uh, blunder by the Falcons, man, will forever haunt them. And I still can't believe we we took CD it even after uh, he fell right into our laps. I really thought. I don't know, just because of the uh, the way this franchise is drafted, man, I really thought we were going to take Chase on. And the fact that we took CD, man, that was just uh, st- still hard to believe to this day, man. It, it really is. And and I'm a big fan of Ruggs and Judy, but, I mean, you could just look at them like they've had better quarterback play than, than uh, Lamb has mm-hmm. a lot of the games this year. Like Locke hasn't been special, but Lamb played with Ben DiNucci. This game against Washington that we played, Lamb had five targets, no catches mm-hmm. with with Dalton playing. You know, so it's just it's just crazy what he's done. And and Derek Carr's been a, a killer. He may not fit Ruggs's style of, of where he's the best at, but you know, it just imagine if they could go back. I, I I'm a big fan of those two receivers, but I'm betting they'd both take uh, uh, CD Lamb, if they could, or Justin Jefferson, but CD Lamb, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, Mike, after our week six uh, matchup, after you know, we, we know what happened with Andy Dalton. Do you think that Andy Dalton has, has this game circled on his calendar? Is this is this a revenge game for Andy Dalton? Oh, oh forget Andy. This is a revenge mm-hmm. game for everyone on that offense. Yes, sir. Everyone, all of them. Ezekiel Elliott, twelve carries, forty-five yards. You know who gets the reprieve? Amari Cooper. He went seven catches on seven targets, 80 yards with, you know, not really quarterback or online play. Like, he showed up. Uh, uh, and uh, and the rest of them, Schultz was the next highest. Two catches, 22 yards. No other receiver had a catch. I mean, it was, it was awful. And then you add on to that the fact that, uh, mm-hmm. that Andy Dalton took that dirty hit and nobody stepped up. 
and I didn't kill anybody at that time. I, I understand the offensive line. But now, here's where you get back. And I don't mean you attack somebody or, or low get them. No, mm-hmm. beat their ass on the field. Beat their ass. This, this is one of those games where I don't even care if you're Team Tank. I never kill Team Tank. I see, I see my boys at Sox Sox just killing people that are Team Tank. I get their mentality, what they're thinking, draft-wise, thinking for the future. Dak's out. We're not going to do anything this year. I get that. I'm, I, I want them to win and play well when they're playing, but I understand the, the tank-at-all-cost mentality. Um, so I don't kill them for it, even though I don't agree with them. But even if you're team tank and you think we need to lose, not this game, you should not want to lose this game. This game was circled when, when right after that game where you got your ass kicked and everything, and they puncture, they hit your quarterback dirty, and, they, and the league gave them like a $12,000 bullshit, nothing fine. You don't lose this game. I don't care what side you're on. If you want to win every game or mm-hmm. tank every, not this one. You had 59 total passing yards, 83 rushing. You averaged 2.6 yards per play. You got punked. You, if you don't come back on that, then, then forget it. Whatever. I don't care what you did against Minnesota. I don't care that you played the Steelers great. Who cares? Punked you last game. Punked you. Come back at them. They not only beat your ass, but then they dirty shot your quarterback, who is already a backup. No. They better come out this one. This is one of those games. This is one of those games that they – Thanksgiving, your house – you got punked last time. They dirty shot your quarterback. Every Forget the offense. I was wrong everywhere. They 200-yard rushed on you. A guy that had 50-something yards as highest went for 70 in the first quarter on your face. No. Nuh-uh. You better go get them this game. This is one of those games. This is a character game. Show your character. They're not that much better than you. They're not 25-3 to three better than you. They punked you. Come get them. It's time now. Show us. Well, Mike, here we are agreeing again. I, you know, to answer my own question, I don't think that for – is this a revenge game, revenge game for Andy Dalton? No, not really. I don't think so. For Dallas, absolutely. Uh, you know, you mentioned the the hit that Dalton took, which was definitely a cheap shot. And then, of course, the media ran with the uh, with the narrative that the team didn't doesn't care about Andy Dalton and didn't have his back. Uh, you know, I, I don't really feel like this is a, a revenge game for Andy Dalton just by himself, but this is a revenge game for the the team as a whole. And like you said, it's just, uh, you know, we have something to prove this week. And, you know, in our house on Thanksgiving, you know, with the division going the way that it's going and after after our matchup last time, I think uh, Dallas is going to come out hungry. And, you know, we might see uh, your boy Donovan Wilson. He might, he might lay a big hit on somebody just to uh, – uh, you know, we, we see we've seen his physical style come out against Minnesota. So, you know, maybe one of those, maybe Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson might might get a wake up call this week. Dude, I bring the house at, at Smith. Smith has not shown any mobility this year at all. I bring the house at him mm-hmm. all the time. Just bring the house. So that that would be my game plan. I would I would run up on the line and act like I'm blitzing whether I am or not every down and make Alex Smith beat you that that would be my stuff and it and and the blitzing can be run blitzes come up there and bring run blitzes and if the pass comes then you go after the quarterback 
and you just got to watch Terry McLaurin. The other guys don't scare you. So bring it at him. I, I wouldn't even have Jalen playing coverage this game. He's blitzing from a different spot 85% of the plays. Just bring him. Do, you know, do you ever wonder why that's not just Jalen's main responsibility? His main thing is just to uh, to blitz the, the quarterback. I mean, why do why do we constantly keep trying to have him cover a running back or a, a tight end or even a wide receiver? What, what do you think is the reason for that? I think they're afraid of their back end. Their secondary is really bad, and and ideally for this defense to work right now as it's constructed is Gregory. Uh, Crawford, Gallimore, um, uh, Tank, uh, all those guys, Alden Smith, get in on a four-man rush, uh, occasionally maybe bringing a five. You know, stunt, do what you can to rush and, and have those guys get in there so you can have as many people in coverage as possible. But as you saw, saw, saw there's a video breakdown. I, I, by Joey, Joey Ikes, uh, Eccles, right? Uh, he's our boy. Ike's, that's it. I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to mess your stuff up. But he um, he was breaking down a play where we get a rush in right away, and Darian Thompson goes to the one wide receiver side and leaves a, a friggin' two-on-four or something on the opposite side and leaves mm-hmm. a wide-open third-and-six conversion just because he drifts it away. Like, it's impossible to watch the play and, and come up with a conclusion of why he thought that was the way to go. And so when your when your coverage is so bad that you literally call it perfect, the pass rush is there, and if the guy just stays where he was and doesn't drift, it's going to be a sack, and the guy drifts off. We have too many guys like that, whether it be Donovan Wilson, who's young and is going to make mistakes, Rashard Robinson, who was just called up from the practice squad, or a Darian Thompson, who's just a poor defensive player that has to play because – um, they don't trust Reggie Robinson, I guess, and uh, and they don't have other guys, you know, that could take his that they believe could take his spot right now. So it's hard to blitz because even when they call a four man pressure, they fuck it up. So it it makes it hard for the defensive coordinator going into the game. He's been bringing it more. If you watch, he brought it a lot against Minnesota in the first half, and they did well. And then when he stopped blitzing in the second half. Mm-hmm. He cut us up. Kirk Cousins beat us up pretty bad. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting, the strategy. I think you come at Alex Smith and you make him try to hit some big plays on you. But we'll see what they do. Well, you know, Mike, I uh, I know this is a big game this week. and we, we didn't think that we'd be having this conversation, at least, you know, speaking for myself, I didn't think this would be a conversation that we'd be having. But if Dallas does win this game on Thursday, should our goal for the rest of the season be to win the division? I'm going to do a uh, uh, coaching Belichick media thing, but I think it applies because it's because of how we've played. This team mm-hmm. would be four and seven at that point. Like that, their goal should be to continue to improve every game. That should be their goal. The team's so bad that they shouldn't, they shouldn't look past the next play. Like, like Darian Thompson, where he, like every play, they should be trying to learn the defense better. Uh, develop better as a as a whole unit defensively as a new offensive line with Zach Martin at right tackle develop that a special teams unit we've seen them get better and then last week a a, a kick gets blocked you know and and uh, and they have penalties you know and they have issues you know 
they uh, they almost got beat on a fake punt. I know they knew that the formation was off, but you never know with, mm-hmm. with refs, especially against us. So it's a, it's kind of a, a, a cop-out one, but I would just let it play out. Like, if you win the division, that's great. You, your team, these young players are going to get a, a playoff game. And if you lose, then if you don't get the division, then that's fine. You're going to get a better draft pick and, and have a shot at, a, at possibly a better prospect if you're scouting, if you trust your scouting, your scouting does well. So really, the th- this team is so poor. If they were in a division in seven and three and fighting for like a division thing, I'd, I'd worry more about like, okay, we got to go for the division now. When you're four and seven and playing how we are, like, Minnesota beat us up pretty bad. 300 yards passing, 100 yard rusher. And we were like excited about that game. So that just tells you how much growth that we have to, to make. So get these young players believing, teach them, get them to be in the right spot. They have shown the ability, you know, the defense needs to focus up. The offensive line needs to, to get better together and, and learn the calls and, and how to, how to pass off stunts and twists and, and pick up blitzes and, and all that stuff, do that every play. And, and what happens happens. You win the division. That's great. Just keep improving. Keep getting better. You know, Mike, this is our first disagreement on the show. I I guess I shouldn't call it disagreement because you didn't really uh, answer the question there, but I I do like the, what you said. I, I like what you said sure. there, and I can't agree more. And just improvement, evaluating—that that's the goal. That's been the goal since since Dak went down, and I can't disagree with you there. But for me, I, I do think that if we win this game, our goal should be to win the division. All year we've been getting disrespected. Dak has been getting disrespected. Zeke has been getting disrespected. The coaching staff has been getting disrespected. I mean, you name a player on this team, and he's probably been talked about negatively. After last year, the beginning of this year, and after losing Dak. I think winning this division would really be the best revenge. And, uh, you know, I'd like to uh, – I'd like for the media to, to, to eat some crow this year. Okay, but what if – okay, say we lost the this game and Ravens, yeah. the, the two toughest games on our schedule, and then the Eagles lose to Seahawks and, uh, and Green Bay, and the Giants beat Cincinnati, but they lose their next game. Uh, I don't remember who they're playing, but it, it's not an easy one. It's 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 a tough game. Should we just go, well, the rest of our schedules, you know, it's Giants, Eagles, 49ers, you know, not like tough games going out the rest of the way. Should we not go for the division if we if we lose this one and maybe the next? Or, or do we still go out for it even if uh, – even if well, we I think that regardless of what I think, what you think, I think even if we were to lose this game, I think the coaching staff and front office is always going to be their goal is going to be to win this division. So I, uh, you know, of course, like, you know, like we've said, we, we're never rooting to lose, especially when the game's on. Of course, we, you know, we've, we've been thinking about the draft and everything. But again, when the games are on, we're always we're always uh, rooting for the Cowboys to win. So. Uh, if we did, if we were to lose this game and we, we still have some winnable games, I'll say this, I guess, uh, you know, might not answer your question. Uh, of course, I want us to to win as many games as possible. But if we were to just lose every game, but when we faced off the Eagles and that game determined if they were going to win the division and make the playoffs or not, that would be a game that if we were to win that and not win the division, I'd be totally fine with that. 
The reason I ask is because I that's why I, mm-hmm. I went with the answer of just improving, you know, everyone, because I don't want to make this one right. game a kind of a make or break. Like, cause I have, I have a suspicion that I mm-hmm. think they should come out and beat this team and punk them. And I, and I going forward, I know we're coming up on that, but I'm going to pick them. I won't give my score, but I'm going to pick Dallas wing. Cause I think you need to show up and win it. But when I look at the schedule, I can see them losing the next two games and going on to win the division. Cause the division's just really bad, just how it is. And, uh, and so that's kind of why I went with the answer I did because I don't want to make it like I'm right. out if they lose this game. But if they continue to prove improve every week, even if they lost the next two tougher games, they could go on to the end of the schedule, which is Philly, who stinks, the Giants, who aren't very good, and uh, the Niners, who are very good mm-hmm. but injured, ri- injury-riddled. You can win those last three games, and that would make you 6-10. and 10. And that could win you the division. It really could. I mean, Eagles can end up being five, ten, and one very easily. So that the reason I went with the kind of coach speak answer is because that's how I feel. I feel like just play better every snap, every quarter, every drive, every half, every game, every week, and and let the division play out how it plays out. Because you can win the rest of your games, and if Giants are somehow like just hitting a stride and win theirs, you don't win the division. If if Wentz starts to like play like a quarterback that's even like top fifteen, their team's good enough to win. You know, it's bad quarterback play. Even the the Washington football team, if they beat us here and end up going on a run, uh, they could win it over us, even if we were to win the rest of them after this. You know, so it makes it too hard to just to just say so i just want them to get better every one i'm i'm not looking for a a tank loss if they get better every game and they lost every game i'll deal with it it you know it is what it is yeah i, I like that uh improvement mike you know that's a, that's the key word here i i think uh you know i think it's safe to say that we've been doing that ever since that washington game or you know that that tough stretch of games there against the the Cardinals in Washington, I felt like we have improved. Our defense has started to get healthy, and we've seen improvement there, and we saw improvement from our offensive line. So, you know, just improvement week to week. I, I, I like that. Uh, I like that answer a lot. I can't argue with you there. And to think that we could win this division at six and ten is is definitely laughable. And uh, most importantly, I'm just rooting for the Eagles to to crash and burn like we did last year. I mean, uh, Eagles fans were getting uh, we're doing a lot of talking and. Rightfully so, last year after the Cowboys were uh, were uh, having that hot streak and it looked like we were uh, we we could do no bad, and then we, we saw what happened at the end of the season, and we saw Carson Wentz and the Eagles uh, overcome some adversity and take over the division. So, uh, you know, to improve improvement just week to week, and uh, and uh, you know, making sure Philly doesn't win the win the division. That that's really all I can ask for. Dude, it'd be. What an embarrassment to lose a division to the third string Washington football team's quarterback to Giants who have a new thing. They lost Saquon Barkley. They, you know, Daniel Jones then is is not great. Like he's trying to improve and and they're just not a very good team. And then Dallas loses Dak. And you had wins the whole year. Like you had, that's why you pay the quarterback a hundred million. You know why they get the big bucks 
is because if they're in, you know, and they're one of those paid guys, this is a division they can't lose. And to lose that and have it be because the quarterback is terrible would just be a, a nightmare for Philadelphia. Can you imagine the offseason? Oh, if they lose to Andy Dalton, 6-10 and 10, Cowboys, or Danny Dimes and Jason <laughs> Garrett's New York yeah. Giants that were like a two-win team last year, just in We'll be, warm be so keeping our hands warm around God. that dumpster fire, Mike. Yes, we will. Yeah, we will. It will be amazing. So, Mike, what's your score <laughs> prediction <laughs> for this great. week's game? I got Cowboys 24-13. I don't expect their offense to put up a ton of points on, on Washington's defense. But I just think if, if they don't come out with some kind of fire this game after what happened to them before from, from how they played to uh, the dirty hit to how they responded to it, to you, you have got to come out with fire. So this is going to tell me a lot about the coaching staff, about the coordinators, about – the mm-hmm. the the players mindset and this will tell me a lot about about this team going into next year without Dak I'm not if we make the playoffs whatever I'm not thinking about this year I root for him week to week but I'm not thinking about some Super Bowl run this year without Dak Prescott but this will tell me a lot about the team going forward the rest yes of the sir well Mike I'm, you know I'm a, maybe I'm a little more zealous or uh um what's the word I'm looking for yeah Help me out here, Mike. I'm not uh, overzealous. Maybe overzealous, I guess, if you want to say that. But I have the uh, the score being 21 Washington Cowboys 30. And I know Washington, that defense, even uh, with their questionable secondary there and their tough defensive line, maybe 30 is a bit of a reach. But, you know, if we come out with the fire, if we come out with the passion and we come out with, with something to prove, I think uh, Dallas could, could easily put up 30 points on this team. I do think it'll come down to the wire again. Uh, you know, those Thanksgiving games, those division games can always be a little weird, but and I feel like we'll be able to add this game to that list. Uh, I think it'll be close, and, uh, you know, hopefully our defense will make a play, but I think it's going to be 30-21 Dallas. I was going to say that the 30 is not bad. There you it's go. Just Donovan Wilson gets a pick six. That's all. You just add that. Then the offense, you know, didn't go crazy on the Washington defense, but uh, Mr. Wilson gets a pick six and, and puts the game away. Well, I mean, you know, Mike, um, this is a Thanksgiving Day game and an honor. Oh, you know, excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself, Mike. We have to do our fantasy prediction. Uh, what player do you see is scoring the uh, the most fantasy points this week? Yeah, you didn't want to miss this prediction because I'm pretty chalk every every yeah. week. I kind of pick the basic chalk player, you know, most of the oh, time. Oh, okay. I'm going Dalton Schultz. I'm not – that's not a joke. I really am this time. Not like the time when we – you know, when I I was laughing and then you had like <laughs> nine receptions, 80 yards. <laughs> this is this is a real one. I think he'll get somewhere between four and seven receptions, but he'll haul in two touchdowns on him. And and he'll be the guy for uh, for the uh, for the fantasy. That's going to be even if he doesn't have the most most points. I think he'll be the the you know the best. He'll win you a, a league by being a good tight end in there. He's yeah, like I don't hate that pick at all. Line. The Washington hasn't been very good against tight ends tight ends this year, so that's not a bad pick. For me, it's uh, it's going to be your boy C.D. Lamb. Uh, it's going to be his first game on Thanksgiving as a Cowboy, and we know that's a that's a rich part of Cowboys tradition here. And I see 
CD Lamb getting his first touchdown and getting the uh, winning. What is it? The illustrious golden turkey, or is it the, like the golden turkey leg award that the best player gets? Yeah, uh, I think he's going to get his yeah, first turkey, turkey leg, leg. And I have uh, Mr. CD Lamb going for two TDs and over 100 yards. I love that pick. I'm going. Matter of fact, hey, one TD receiving and a he had a nice punt return last week, man. Yes, let's go with it. Yeah, and the way – you know why that's a good pick, too, is he got shut out, and it was his worst game last time. He he had a couple of drops, and he's not known for drops at all. And he had a few drops that game, and uh, it was his worst game of the year, five targets, no catches. So, I like that pick. That He's going to mm-hmm. want to come up with something and on that big stage. All right, Michael, I yeah, kind of spoiled it, but here's call. our bonus question. In honor of Thanksgiving, I got to ask you – what is your perfect Thanksgiving plate? And here, here are the guidelines. You got one appetizer, one protein, three sides, uh, just FYI, gravy and cranberry sauce don't count as sides. And you get one bread option and one dessert. Yeah. All right. So you want me to just run through all of mine first? My appetizer would be stuffed okay. dates with goat cheese wrapped in bacon. Love that. Uh, my protein would be a smoked turkey. I, I, if I'm doing it for myself my favorite type i like to smoke my turkey i don't get to do that because my family's very picky and they want it a certain way but i love smoked turkey um the side would be this one i had trouble with i have yeah. like five scratch outs because i kept forgetting stuff but i would have my mom's scallop corn i would have uh my best friend's brussels sprouts and bacon which I completely stole her recipe a couple of years ago. She brought it over for Thanksgiving and everybody started eating it. I was never a fan of Brussels sprouts. And I, and I asked what she did and she told me, so I did it. And I was like, man, these are so good. I gave them to my brother and he was like, I can't believe I'm eating Brussels sprouts. And I just stole <laughs> it. And now everybody's like, are you going to make your Brussels sprouts? <laughs> and she's like, those are my Brussels sprouts. Damn it. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then, uh, I would probably say my mashed potatoes because like we talked about before the uh, pod started, like that is the thing that's always every year, like everybody kills on those. Uh, And and, uh, that would make it, uh, I had wild mushroom bacon stuffing, but I'm going to skip stuffing. I'm going to go with the mashed potatoes. Uh, Bread, pretty easy home style rolls and dessert. I like walnut pie, which is pecan pie. But we know somebody that grows mm-hmm. walnuts, and he gives us tons of packs of them all the time. So we just make it with walnuts so we don't have to buy the pecans. So it's walnut pie, but it's pecan pie with walnuts. Hey, you know, quite, quite the options there, Mike. I'm Delicious. going a little bit more traditional. My appetizer is going to be the uh, deviled eggs. I love me some deviled eggs. My wife hates eggs, and, she'll, and even she likes deviled eggs. So yes. that's going to be my appetizer. My protein of choice is going to be a turkey. Of course, a mix of white and dark meat with that, with the infamous and the delicious turkey gravy, uh, aka giblet gravy. And then my my three sides are going to be, uh, again, mashed potatoes yes. with giblet gravy, cornbread dressing with gravy and cranberry sauce. And then I don't know why some people don't like this stuff. Um, it's one of my favorite sides. It's uh, green bean casserole. My my uh, bread option is it's going to be those uh-huh. uh, Miss yep. Baird's mini dinner rolls. It's kind of like a one-bite dinner roll. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those. That's what I always have on my uh, dad's side of the family when we go to uh, my cousin's house for Thanksgiving. Those are just uh, sopping up all the leftovers on the plate. On, the, on your first plate, th- those are perfect. And then uh, my dessert is going to be my wife's pecan pie. Last year, 
was our first year as a married couple uh, on Thanksgiving, and she uh, she made her first she made her first pie ever. It was a pecan pie. A, a coworker of hers gave her uh, a big bag of pecans, and I remember we cracked them, and uh, she made a pecan pie, and it was her first time, and it was probably the best pecan pie I've ever had. So that's gonna be my uh, one one Thanksgiving plate. Fresh, uh, fresh cracked pecans to make the pie too sounds amazing can i ask do you do because i i think you're gonna say this i'm the same way do you do your stuffing with the gravy and the cranberry sauce oh yeah i mean i like to like I, typically i like to have there. depending on where i am if oh, like you know if i can it. have my dressing on the or not my dressing but my gravy on the side i do like to have it that way just to dip and then you know after I'm getting down to that perfect, you know, one or two bites and I can kind of stack everything perfectly and then top it off with gravy. I'd like to do that. But, you know, if I'm uh, at somebody's home and everything, I just, you know, put gravy on the uh, gravy and cranberry sauce on the dressing. Yes, sir. Dude, the, the, mm-hmm. My perfect bite is I take one of the big home style rolls. I put the, the on the bottom. I put the little the stuffing, whatever one we're doing, especially if it's with cornbread. I like spicy sausage yeah. with it or some kind of spicy meat with the cornbread stuffing. So you put that on the bottom with uh, a oh, little yeah. bit of gravy, and then I put mashed potato mm-hmm. on the top, and then I put a slice oh, of yeah. smoked turkey, and I put some cranberry sauce, and I oh, put man. the top roll on, and then I eat it like a sandwich. And, yeah, it's it's heaven. Earl a Sandwich by Disneyland has a holiday turkey sandwich that's basically like that, and, and this is like all homemade, you know, right there. You cooked it and then formed the sandwich right there. It's like. God, my mouth is watering. I just don't want to do the prep and the work for it, which is what I have to do but, after the podcast. I don't right, that the is the hardest part of cooking is the prep. The you know, Mike, I am surprised. I wanted to ask you this. I was surprised that neither one of us had this on as a side there, and I'm talking about macaroni and cheese, and it seems like mac and cheese, whether it be uh, baked or just your your regular creamy mac and cheese is, is pretty popular there on Thanksgiving, but if when you're making macaroni and cheese, do you do you do a, a baked mac and cheese or do you do a, a more traditional mac and cheese? Mine is baked. Now I will say I eat any mac and cheese, and the reason the only reason we mm-hmm. don't have it for Thanksgiving yeah. is because we have mac and cheese constantly, all the time. Our fat asses eat mac and cheese like once a month. So I bake mine. I do a bacon uh, uh, baked mac and cheese with a panko breadcrumb uh, topping. That's how I do it, and it, it, that's how I like it. But my mom yeah. will do the creamy old-school stovetop, and I literally had it yesterday. That's what I ended up having for Meatless Monday. Uh, she wanted to talk to me about Mitchell's birthday and asked me to go over, so I went over there, and I t- she made mac and cheese and hot dogs. I couldn't have the hot dogs, but that old-school, mm-hmm. your mom's you know, butter, cheese, noodles, milk, you know, and, and not craft, you know, homemade. And, uh, it was so good. Let's, but let me yeah, ask you just though, what I, I see a lot of people anyway. when they, they talk about baked Mac and cheese, they say they like it where it cut, where you cut it. It's almost like a cake and it just looks really dry. I mean, what is, I don't understand. What's the appeal of a dry yes. Mac and cheese like that? It's, it's not, it's texture. So what happens is I like to get towards the mm-hmm. end where where there is right. more crunch, you know, that, that quote-unquote dry, but it's not. If yeah. it's baked correctly and there's the right amount of cheese in it, it will it will be very moist in the end. And so the reason I yes, like sir, it is of course. I like different textures in my food. So 
I, I like to have the, the center of the regular traditional cheesy mac and cheese, but with a panko mm-hmm. topping and crunchy edges from baking it. So it's like a, it's like a, um, a texture thing. It's like putting potato chips in the stovetop mm-hmm. mac and cheese. People do mm. that to get a little bit of a crunch, you know, put some barbecue chips in there, which I will do that. Um, but it's just a thing with me. I, I don't right. really like straight one texture food, you know? Um, and, and so, yeah, it's I just good. you know, I think I've only had one uh, in my life. I've only had one good baked mac and cheese. And that was, uh, when I worked at this restaurant, we had a, uh, an employee Thanksgiving dinner and my, uh, the kitchen manager, he made this, this Mac and cheese and he called it baked Mac and cheese, but it was a lot creamier than your, than what uh, most people would think of uh, when they think of baked Mac and cheese. And he said it was a, uh, it was a recipe that his brother-in-law taught him, but this was easily the best Mac and cheese that I've had. But sometimes I see these baked Mac and cheese and I'm like, man, that just looks really dry and flavorless. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they didn't cook their flour out of their roux. They had too yeah. much roux to milk before they put in the cheese and then occasionally you'll have too much cheese to to bechamel so you Mm -hmm. you put in your roux and then you add your milk that's a bechamel that's your sauce and then whatever cheese you add to it gives it the flavor well if your bechamel isn't a lot and you put too much cheese in there it'll it'll seize up as it bakes and then it'll get dry so there's a lot of ways to mess up Bake mac and cheese, but yeah, man, well, you know, right, so having this conversation, thing. Mike, talking about mac and cheese, I'm starting to get hungry. I know, I know, you've got a lot of work to do. You've got a lot of prep work to do. So while we're getting out of here, just let everybody know where we can find you out on Twitter. Yeah, we, we don't <laughs> yes, want to piss off Anthony and get too far off the rails. So at at CD Piglet, we'll end it now. It's a thank yes, sir. Yeah, Anthony, so please Anthony, bear with us. Hopefully, you uh, leeway, right? maybe this will make you hungry, and you, you'll uh, you'll be having a nice feast yourself. And at Nick, uh, at Nick. Yes, sir. Uh, Nick, please, uh, please keep supporting us, man. I know you're, you're always on those Twitter, Twitter streets talking Cowboys. So we appreciate it every time you give us a listen. Well, guys, while we're getting out of here again, I am Paul Ryan and you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us and we will see you guys next week.